Hey guys, I'm Pastor Jason Shirley. I'm the associate pastor right here at Word of Life Church in Carlsbad, New Mexico. And I'm really excited that you have joined us today online. Just a couple of things. I want you to drop us a line if you're watching wherever in the world and let us know where you're watching from. We would love to hear from you. Second, if you want to partner with us today in a financial way, then you can give by texting 84321 and just text your amount, or you can go to our website, wolcarlsbad.com, and you can click the Give tab and give that way. The last thing today is that if you have any needs or anything like that that we can partner with you on, then drop us a line and send us that, and we're going to partner with you in prayer. I believe today is going to be a wonderful day. I want you to open up your heart to receive from the Word of God today and always remember that God is madly in love with you. Let's get to the service. We're going to talk about sowing and reaping today. The, the law of seed time and harvest. And, uh, you know, so, sometimes we use the word, let me just begin by saying this, that we, we use the word law sometimes. And... When you say that, you got to know what law you're talking about, okay? Um, we say, well, you know, we're not under law but under grace. Well, that doesn't mean you're not under any law. You know, you are a, a, a citizen of a nation. You're a citizen of a state. You're a citizen of a, of a community. And so you are under civil law. You are also... Under the law of, uh, under physical law, meaning that if you jump off the building, you will hit the ground, you know. So you are under physical law. Um, and so, you know, there, there are certain laws that we are under, and when the Bible says we're not under law but under grace, he's talking about you're not under the Mosaic law. You're not under the, um, you know, you're not under the law of sin and death. But there are certain laws that are in effect and will always be in effect. In fact, the Bible tells us that the law of seed time and harvest, God said it would be in effect as long as the earth remains. So is the, is the earth still here? Yes, it's still here. So that means you are still under the law of seed time and harvest. And now that some people think, well, they, well that's a curse. No, it's not a curse. Let me just say this, that, you know, if I said to you, you're going to reap what you sow. How many of you, when I say that, you know, you don't have to raise your hand or anything. But when I say, if I just walked up here and I said, you know, you're going to reap what you sow. How many of you would take that in a negative context? How many of you would take that in a negative way? And you would say, mm, man, I hope not. You know, uh, but you see, the law of seed time and harvest was not intended to be a curse. It was intended to be a blessing. And I'm going to show you today how that the law of seed time and harvest is intended to be a blessing. Praise God. In Galatians chapter 6, verse number 4, says this. But let each one examine his own work. And then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For each shall bear his own load. Let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. Do not be deceived. 
God is not mocked, for whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. Now, see, many people know that verse. The Bible says, you know, God is not mocked, whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. And they take that in a negative context as if, if I do something wrong, then I'm going to reap the consequences of what I have done. And, uh, uh, but let's go on and read the rest of what he says. He says, for he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. All right, there's the negative side of that. But, we go on and read, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. You see, it's about what kind of seed you choose to sow. And, uh, you know, we, we use that somebody does us wrong, and we point our finger in their face and we say, you're going to reap what you sow. But how many times somebody, does, somebody blesses you in some way? Do you ever point your finger in their face and say, you're going to reap what you sow? We, we don't, why? Because we have, as human beings, we have a tendency to gravitate toward the negative side of things. You've got to break that tendency, see, because that's not God, how, how God intended for you to live. That's not how he intended for you to think. That, you know, we, we gravitate toward that which is that which is wrong, we focus on that which is wrong. We focus on, you know, you're going to reap the, the consequences of the wrong that you do, of the evil that you sow. But in reality, this law, though it works on both sides of the thing, yet God intended it to be a blessing to your life. Praise God. You know, let me just say this. If it were not for the law of seed time and harvest, you wouldn't be here. If it were not for the law of seed time and harvest, why? Because you are the seed of your father, who is the seed of his father and of his father, and, and so on. So if it wasn't for the law of seed time and harvest, you wouldn't be here. Secondly, if it wasn't for the law of seed time and harvest, there would be no farmers because you plant seeds in the ground and they would just lay there. They wouldn't do it because they, they produce because of the law of seed time and harvest. So as long as the earth remains, there will be seed time and the harvest. And you should say, thank you, Jesus, for seed time and harvest. Amen. He who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. So get that. He will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Let us not grow weary while doing Good. In other words, he says, don't get tired of doing good because the law of seed time and harvest is in effect. Praise God. So don't get tired of doing good. He says, 
Okay, I lost my place. Oh, I found it. There we go. I started to quote it, but then I thought, no, I'm in the middle of reading it. I better just go ahead and read it. And then I couldn't find it. So, let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season, all right, let me, let me ask you this question. When are you going to reap your harvest? In due season. In due season. It depends on the seed how long it's going to take you to reap your harvest. See, because some things produce a very quick harvest. Some things produce a very slow, over a lot of time harvest. Praise God. Praise God. And so in due season, so due season is a variable. Praise God. It's a variable. We shall, not we might, not there's an outside chance that you could reap. No, he says in due season we shall reap if, notice that little word if right there. There is an if attached there that says if we do not Lose heart. If we do not lose heart. You see, there are a lot of people that are losing heart on the good that they're sowing. They're losing heart on it. That's the equivalent of the farmer going out and he lost heart. You see, there, there are some elements involved in when you plant a garden. There are some elements that are involved there. First of all, you've got to have the right weather conditions. You've got to have good soil. You've got to plant the seed in the soil. And then there are the right weather conditions that are necessary. And around here, we have to help the weather conditions a little bit. Because if, if you're counting on rain to grow your garden around here, i got news for you. You will, you know, if you start out watering and then you lose heart and you say, I'm going to quit that. I'm just going to count on the rain to cause my crop to come up. You ain't eating tomatoes this year. You're not eating okra. You're not going to eat corn this year because you lost heart. You see what I'm saying? This is what he said, that if you don't lose heart, if you don't stop watering that seed. Many people plant seed in the ground, and then they don't do anything to water that seed. See, the Bible, the Apostle Paul said this. He said, one plants, another waters, God gives the increase. Law of seed time and harvest. One plants... What do we do? We sow the Word of God. And then we water the Word of God. How do we water the Word of God? By continually putting forth the water of the Word. Praise God. Praise God. Now, let me ask you this question. How many of you, just, just for our, our, our benefit here this morning, how many of you, I've asked this question before, 
And so I, I kind of know what the answer is going to be. But how many of you have received Jesus as your Savior the very first time you heard the gospel? Somebody shared the gospel with you, and you immediately received Jesus as your Savior. How many of you? Raise your hand, please. Not a single one of you. That's what I thought the answer was going to be. Okay? Not because I'm wise, you know, but because I, I've done this before. Okay? And so not a single one of you received Jesus as your Savior the first time that someone sowed the Word of God into your life. Somebody shared the gospel with you. They sowed the Word of God into your life. There had to be some watering that took place. How many of you heard the gospel numerous times before you ever received Jesus as your Savior? Yeah, that, that, that's where we see. Aren't you glad somebody watered? One plants, another waters. God gives the increase. And see, here's what we have a tendency to do, though. We have a tendency to say, well, I shared the gospel with that person and they didn't want to hear it. What did you just do? Lost heart. You just lost heart. You see, this is why we do it and we do it and we do it and we share and we share and we share. Why? Because we are pouring water on. And just like, you know, in this part of the country, we got to pour more water on than we would in other parts of the country. You know, I uh, uh, lived for 14 years in, in northeastern Oklahoma. In northeastern Oklahoma, sometimes you have to water, but not like you do here. You know, uh, watering the garden, to, to my friends in the Philippines, they would think that's the craziest thing in the world. Why would you want to put water on that? Because it's going to rain. It's going to rain. You plant something, it's going to grow up, it's going to sprout, it's going to rain, and, and it's going to produce the, the harvest, praise God. But around here, if you try that, you're getting nothing. And so um, here he says that we shall reap in due season if we don't lose heart. So don't lose heart on those you've been sharing the gospel with, those you have been planting, the, you've planted the word of God in their life, and now you are watering the seed you've sown. Don't lose heart. Don't quit, sow, or don't quit watering. Praise God. One plants, another waters. See, sometimes the watering isn't just taking place from you. Sometimes it's taking place from someone else too. And here's the thing, don't get upset if someone else reaps because ultimately it's God's garden, right? Ultimately it's his and it doesn't matter who gathers in the harvest, praise God. The idea is that we get a harvest. Now, in Genesis chapter 1, verse number 11, God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, 
and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth, and it was so. Now, let me ask you a question. When did God say that? There's a clue there uh, by look where, where it's found in the Bible. There's, there's a, a, a clue as to when it took place. So when did God say that? At the beginning. Yeah. 11 verses into the Bible. 11 verses into the Bible, God says, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that, that uh, yields seed, and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth, and it was so. He said that from the very beginning. Now, is verse 11 of Genesis chapter 1, is that before the curse or after the curse came into the earth? Before. It's before. That's before... That's before the serpent showed up in the tree. You know, he, he had, in fact, God had not even finished creation here. In verse 11, God had not finished creation. There was still more creation to take place, and he's already talking about seed. So how could we think that seed time and harvest could be Part of the curse. How, how can we think that could be a curse? God's speaking blessing. And God, God did this and, and he created this and then he said it was good. Praise God. So I want you to know that seed time and harvest, you need to embrace it, not run from it. Praise God. You just need to check and make sure the seed you're sowing is good seed. Because it also works with bad seed. Now, in Genesis chapter 1, verse number 12, he continues with this. And the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields seed according to its kind. And notice that word, according to its kind. See, so that's what determines what kind of harvest you're going to get. According to its kind. And in other words... If you want corn, you got to plant corn. If you want, you know, beans, plant beans. Whatever you want to harvest, that's what you have to sow because it produces after its kind. You can't plant corn and then come and call me up and say, Pastor, could you just agree with me that I'll reap? Uh, a good harvest of beans. I'm sorry, I cannot agree with that. You know, but I thought you were a man of faith. I, I don't have that kind of faith. Because if you're going to sow corn, you can expect, I can agree that you'll reap a good harvest of corn. But I can't agree that you're going to reap beans because you sowed corn. You see, the seed determines. And then he goes on, he says, it yields seed according to its kind, 
and the tree that yields fruit, whose seed is in itself to its kind, according to its kind, and God saw that it was good. So it's a good thing. It's a good thing. See, many people, though, I notice many people are not paying attention to what kind of seed they're sowing. And I've got people all the time, we've got people right here in this church that plant corn and expect a bean harvest. I'm not talking about literal corn and literal beans, but I'm talking about people that are sowing all kinds of things and then wanting a different kind of harvest. But the law of seed time and harvest, if the earth is still here, if you wake up in the morning and you see the sun shining and, and, and you're in your bed, that's a good indication that the earth is still here. So being that the earth is still here, that is a guarantee that the law of seed time and harvest is still in effect. You can't just be sowing anything you want to sow, whatever you, you know, hey, I got this jar in here of seeds. I, what, what kind of seeds are they? I don't know. Let's just throw them out there on the ground and see what happens. I believe they're going to be corn. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. You know, but many people are living their lives that way. They're just throwing out some seed that they find in a jar somewhere. Whatever their latest whim is, that's what they're sowing. And then they're deciding they want a, a very specific kind of harvest. Well, God, I sowed seed. Well, what kind of seed did you sow? Now, let's go on. Let's look at this. Genesis chapter 1, verse number 22. God blessed them. God blessed them. And he said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. So do you get it here that seed is meant for multiplication? The law's seed time and the harvest was intended for the purpose of multiplication. God wanted the earth filled. He didn't create, get this, God did not create 7 billion people. He created two people. And from two people came seven billion people. Now, here's what we have to understand. God used the law of seed time and harvest to fill the earth. Praise God. Now, let's continue reading this. God blessed them. He called it a blessing. Be fruitful and multiply. Now, actually, the word blessing, let me just talk about that word for just a moment. The word blessing really means an empowering to prosper or succeed at what it's intended to do. So God blessed the seed. He empowered the seed to 
produce an increase. Praise God. So seed time is intended to be God blessed it. Praise God. And if God blessed it, then what God blesses will in fact do what it's intended to do. God just, just doesn't go around blessing stuff that fail. When God blesses something, it succeeds. Praise God. And he says that God blessed them, and he said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And it was... Uh, in verse number 29, he goes on, he says, And God said, See, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is, uh, which is on the, the face of all the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed, to you it shall be for food. So he blessed the seed for the purpose of, of sustaining you. And how many think that seed time and harvest is a blessing? Praise God. It's a blessing. It was intended not only for, your, for you to exist, you exist because of seed time and harvest, but you are also sustained because of seed time and harvest. Praise God. No seed time and harvest. You're not eating. Praise God. Now, in Romans chapter 8, verse number 29, get this. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Now, we're shifting gears just a little bit here with this verse. What did God do? God wanted a family, right? He wanted a family. So what did he do? He used the law that he set up. He wanted a family, so he took his only begotten son, and planted him in the earth. You see that? God wanted a family, so he took his only begotten son, and he planted him in the earth, and what happened then? He tells us here, he might become the firstborn, or we could say the first fruit of many brethren. Praise God. He was the, the Bible calls Jesus the firstborn from the dead. Praise God. Not the only, you know, he was planted in the earth. He was the only begotten son of God when he was planted. But when the harvest came, he's the firstborn of many brethren. Praise God. Now, let's go on. 
1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 35. How are the dead raised up? And with what body do they come? Foolish one, what you sow is not made alive unless it dies. And what you sow, you do not sow the body that shall be, but mere grain, perhaps wheat or some other grain, but God gives it a body as it pleases, and to each seed its own body. Now, get this. You want, he uses the, the uh, talks about wheat or some other grain. All right, let's say you take a grain of wheat and you plant it in the ground. You're not expecting to get one grain of wheat back. But you planted one. He said, you don't plant the body that you're getting back. You plant one and you get thousands of grains of wheat back in return. See, so what he's saying, you plant this seed in the ground, you get thousands back. God planted Jesus in the earth. Jesus was the embodiment of God in the earth. But now we are the body that that came forth as a result of the one seed that was sown. Do you see that? Now you are the body of Christ. Jesus was the body of Christ, but now you are the body of Christ. Praise God. So you get back multiplied thousands a body's back for the one that was sown. Praise God. So God, if you'll notice how God does things, God uses the very laws that he created because all of the laws that God created were intended for a blessing. Praise God. You know, there was a, there was a law that said, if you hang on a tree, the curse will come on you. Now, that sounds like a terrible law. That sounds like a, like a law that's not a blessing. But let me show you how God took that law and used it for a blessing. He said, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. And the reason that the curse comes upon everyone who hangs on a tree is so that the blessing might come upon us in Christ Jesus. Praise God. Do you see that God took all of the curse and he put it upon Jesus because he was hanging on a tree? So God took a law that seemed like a curse. He took it and turned it into and used it for a blessing to be a blessing to us. Praise God. He hangs Jesus on a tree. All the curse comes upon Jesus, so now you don't have to live under the curse. Hallelujah. God takes everything he created and, he, and it was intended for blessing. Praise God. Praise God. Now, 
1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 27. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 22. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that fills all in all. Ephesians 5, chapter 30, uh, verse number 30. For we are members of his body and of his flesh and of his bones. Now, I want to wrap up with this thought, and you're going to have to pay very careful attention to, to stay with me on this one, okay? Because you need to see, you need to see exactly what took place here. In Genesis chapter 3, Adam had eaten of the fruit of the tree that he was forbidden to eat of. He ate of that fruit. God comes and he talks with Adam in the garden. Now, let me, let me just throw in a, just a, a little side thought. How many of you ever heard that if you're in sin that God won't talk to you? Anybody ever heard that? I've heard it. That if you're in sin, God won't talk to you. Was Adam in sin? Did God talk to him? All right. So we kind of dispelled that rumor. Praise God. Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. He says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. Now, God's talking to the serpent right here. He's not talking to Adam right here. He's talking to the serpent. He says, I'm going to put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed, and he shall bruise your head. One translation says he will crush your head. So let, let, let's, let's go with that translation. He will crush your head. And you shall bruise his heel. Now, answer me this question. What part of the body is the heel? It's part of the foot. All right, you got that? Okay, so tuck that away for just a moment. He says, uh, he's going to put enmity between the seed of the serpent and the seed of the woman. And the, the seed of the serpent will, uh, or the seed of the woman will crush the serpent's head. And, the, and he shall bruise his heel. Now, got that in mind. Now look at Romans chapter 16, verse number 20. And, you know, I never put these two scriptures together until the Lord began to stir this up on the inside of me. But I want you to see this. Verse six, chapter 16, verse 20. And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet. Now, keep that in mind. Let's go back and see what's going to happen. The seed of the woman is going to crush the head of the serpent. 
And now God says through the Apostle Paul, the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 21. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet. Now, let me ask you this question. Who's the head of the body of Christ? Jesus is the head of the body of Christ. And the head cannot say to the feet, I have no need of you. Now, do, do you see the seed of the woman is going to crush the head of the serpent. And God of peace will crush Satan under your feet. And you, Jesus, the head, cannot say to the feet, I have no need of you. Any of you, the feet of the body of Christ? Right. Do you get that? Do you, do you see that? Here's, here's why the head can't say to the feet, I have no need of you. Because the God of peace is going to use you to crush the head of the seed of the serpent. Praise God. Do you, do you see what we're saying here? You have, how is Satan going to be crushed in this earth? He's going to be crushed by you. Praise God. Why? Because here's what I see. You know, I'm wearing a shirt that says, see the new. We're, we're looking at things with a new set of eyes. We're looking at things with, with new vision. This is the year 2020. We're seeing with 2020 vision, perfect vision. And here's what I see is the body of Christ rising up, doing what the body of Christ was created to do. The body of Christ was intended, was created for the purpose of subduing the earth and having dominion over everything in it, praise God. God wants you to rule and reign on this earth in this life, praise God. Not someday when we all get to heaven. But he wants you to rule and reign right here, right now. He wants the head of the serpent crushed beneath you. Because we're, we're part of the body, we're the feet. Praise God. Praise God. So I want you to get that planted in your head. The God of peace will shortly crush Satan under your feet. Praise God. You say, well, didn't he do that at the cross? Paul was writing that after the cross. So why did Paul say, soon he'll do this? Shortly, he'll do this. Why did he say that if it was already, if that was done at the cross? 
Now, the victory was already won at the cross. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that that's, that's not the case. It was done at the cross. But you're going to have to stand up, and you're going to have to step on the head of the serpent. Instead of letting the serpent bite you, and instead of letting the serpent do to you whatever he wants to do, you're going to have to stand up and be the feet that crushes his plans and his work. And the, the, the thing of it is, we've been running from the snake. But you're intended to crush his head as the feet, as the body of Christ. You see, and, and who is it that is going to crush? It goes back to the law of seed time and harvest. God planted a seed in the ground, and the seed sprung forth as the firstborn among many Brethren, praise God. And now under the many brethren, he's going to crush Satan under your feet. Praise God. Praise God. Father, we thank you today for the plan, the, the mystery of the ages. But Father, you sent the Holy Spirit to reveal the mystery to us so it ceases to be a mystery. We thank you for that today. Father, we're so grateful to be a part of the body of Christ, the embodiment of the anointing. We're thankful for that today, Father. But Father, we're not satisfied with the harvest that has come already. But Father, we desire to see more and more and more and more and more harvest. Father, we desire, just as you said, you desire that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. But Father, because of that, that's why we stand here and we preach. That's why we share this good news. Because you want all men to be saved. So if you're watching me today online or if you're sitting in this room, under the sound of my voice today, if you have never been born again, you see, Jesus became the firstborn of many brethren, but not all the brethren have yet been born. There are many, many multiplied thousands and millions of more that God wants in his family. He planted a seed of his son, but all the harvest has not come in yet. And we do what we do because there is still yet much harvest to be reaped. So if that's you today, if you've never received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, see, you're one of those seeds that's yet to come forth. Well, today... You can come into the family of God. Today, you can become one of the many brethren that he talked about. Praise God. How do you do that? Well, you do that by believing the message that I'm telling you, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son 
so that whoever believes upon him would not perish but have everlasting life. If you believe that, then it's real simple. There's only one thing left. You seal it with the words of your mouth. And I'm going to lead you in a prayer right now. We're going to seal it with the words of our mouth. And you will be instantly born again. Praise God. Praise God. Instantly. It's not something you're going to strive towards becoming, but you will instantly be born again. Praise God. Now, I want everyone that is hearing me today to pray this with me. When we say amen, that means so be it. When we say that, if you meant what you said, then you will instantly be born again and become one of the many brethren. Say this together. Say, God in heaven, I thank you that you so loved me that you gave your only begotten son, planted him in the earth so that many brethren could come forth. And I want to be one of those brethren. So today, I choose to put my trust in Jesus. Jesus, I believe that you paid for my sins and you rose again from the dead so I could have new life. And I choose Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. I believe it and I receive my salvation. Amen. Thank you once again for joining us today online. We value you and we want to hear from you. If you made a decision for Christ today, you can select I Choose Jesus on our website. And we've got a couple videos for you to watch so that you can get started on your walk with God. We've also got a free ebook that you can download right from our website called I Choose Jesus. And I want to encourage you to do that. Once again, thank you for joining us and remember that God is madly in love.